breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm still I'm still processing what happened. I am still coming to terms with it all. I uh, whoo, whoo, whoo. Uh, that was, uh, that was something else, huh? <laughs> In the middle of the, well, at the end of the Oscars, not that I was watching, by the way, I'd already gone to sleep. Uh, the most famous actor in the country slaps the most famous comedian in the country, arguably Will Smith versus Chris Rock. Unbelievable. And it's kind of unbelievable that we find it unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. I find it unbelievable. It's totally wild. I mean, I'm still like in a state of shock, but. Think about this. Well, I'll get to that in a moment. Number one, let's see what happened here. Uh, this is the moment, right? Um, Chris Rock is cracking jokes. And then uh, you see what happens here. Cut 27, please. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Get my wife's name out your f***ing mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your f***ing mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a... Greatest night in the history of television. <laughs> Number one, Chris Rock, wow. You were amazing. In that moment, you even kept it light. You managed it. You, <laughs> the guy is brilliant. And that's, uh, wow. Uh, he was just, he just got smacked in the mouth by a wild man, totally out of control. And even, arguably almost worse, after he sits down and he starts cursing, keep my wife's blank and name out of your mouth what is this your living room man we're not no this is the global stage will smith this is what this is what becoming famous at 17 and money and movie after movie after movie where you're the king uh, because you what 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 is it that he's good at pretending playing dress up has anybody even seen this silly movie, King Rich? Nobody cares about it. I guess this may have helped. I, I don't know. I just, a total and complete disgrace. And even worse, even worse, the, the night gets worse. As bad as that was. One of the most famous men in America acting like an animal. It gets worse. Because he wins. He wins best actor. He actually wins it. I, by the way, I think behind the scenes they could have made a switcheroo, you know? They didn't ask him to leave. Security didn't have a word with him. They didn't call the cops. He just assaulted a man in front of a billion witnesses. Actually, not a billion. Hardly anybody watched, but a lot of people. And by the way, they bleeped out all the curse words if you were watching in America. If you were watching in Japan or Australia, they did it un- uninterrupted. So he wins. Now, do we have the entire moment where he wins and all the way through it, all the way through the apology? Okay. By the way, he doesn't apologize to Chris Rock. Very rambling speech. Uh, uh, I just, and as offensive as the moment was, 
that he wins. That's offensive, too. It's Hollywood stars clapping, hooting, and hollering, and hugging the guy. John Travolta, who I like, hugs him out. Uh, Samuel Jackson is uh, seems delighted. So, all right. And the winner for Best Actor is, how does it go? Richard Williams um, was a fierce defender. Hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Stop, stop. Go to me. So he wins for the movie King Richard. I love to hear the hooting and hollering. But anyway, he wins for the movie, which is about, I guess, Richard Williams, who was the father of Serena and Venus Williams, the tennis stars. And uh, has anybody even heard of this movie? Is anyone going to see it? It used to be Jaws, E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, everybody would see the every man, boy, woman, and child. Everybody would see these movies. King Richard? At first, I thought it was something from Shakespeare. Now I realize, okay, all right, I've heard that story. I read a magazine article about this guy a long time ago. Do I want to see a movie about him? I don't think so, but whatever. No one's seen the movie. Nobody cares. No one's watching the same thing anymore. We don't have a culture. We're all going in a million different directions. So... And nobody knew any of the other movies that were nominated or whatever. So he gets Best Actor. Sorry to belabor this. Best Actor for King Rich, Richard Williams. And then uh, this is his acceptance speech. Now, please. Richard Williams um, was a fierce defender of his family. In this time in my life, in this moment, I am overwhelmed by what God is calling on me to do and be in this world. Making this film, I got to protect Ingenue Ellis, who was one of the most the strongest, most delicate people I've ever met. All right, stop for a second. He goes on and on and on about how he has been chosen by God to protect women because he was in the same movie as them. What the hell does that mean? Was he a bodyguard? Does he want to be a bodyguard? He's, here he is. He's going out and punching people to protect them. It doesn't work that way. This guy is 53 years old. Said everything. A lot of it just given to him, too. By the way, the lifestyle this guy leads with his wife, the open marriage, that nonsense, and the kids are all screwy now. I'm sorry, it is. It's true. You should be doing some serious reevaluation. You know what would have helped been helpful? A night in jail. That's what this guy deserved. A night in jail. Not an academy. <laughs> doing him a disservice. They're doing him a disservice. The accolades keep coming. All right, get get tell me more. Tell me more, Will Smith, how you're a protector of human beings. Go ahead. I got to protect Sanaya and Demi, the two actresses that played Venus and Serena. I'm being called on in my life. To love people and to protect people. All right. Stop again with the protection routine. Now, who do you think you, I mean, all right, love, sure. That's 
Why are you having an emotional breakdown here, too? It's one thing. He's making, he's a movie maker. And he's going to tell us right now, he's not emotional because of uh, the award. It's because he's so proud he can talk about the movie. This guy needs help. A psychiatrist, a priest, Denzel Washington, perhaps. I'll talk more about that in a minute. In fact, he will. Let me hear the rest. And to be a river to my people. Now, no... To do what we do, you got to be able to take abuse. You got to be able to have people talk crazy about you. In this business, you got to be able to have people disrespecting you. Hey, welcome to the world, Chief. Welcome to the world. The fifty-three-year-old man learning out, learning this stuff now. And oh, by the way, you've given the uh, you've given your detractors plenty to work with. All right. Plenty over the years. And a terrible example to just about everybody. To just about every to everybody. What could have been done with this moment? A blubbering idiot trying to spin what he did as righteous. Next. And you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay. But Richard Williams, and what I loved, thank you, D. Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. Stop it for a second. There's something to that. There really is. Unfortunately, I mean, he did mention God early on, then talked about himself and what he does, and and he's going to be a river to some place, community, whatever. He's right about the devil, though. I hope he gets to know. I don't look. Who knows what these guys are? Who's friends with him? Denzel Washington has been really great on issues of faith in the past couple of years. He's a believer. He's a Christian. He reads the Bible. And man, those two guys should go on a retreat together because what's his name here? Will Smith is in trouble. His soul is in trouble. Yes, I am giving him a hard time. But I, you know what? I, I, I love the guy. I do. I love the guy. I don't like him, but I love him. Love everybody. So wait, what did they just say there? He's, uh, the devil will come when you are at your highest. And this is true. I've heard this. And just when you think you made it, just when you think you made it happen, you start to allow yourself maybe a few indulgencies. I did this. I deserve to do that. No, you don't. Because you didn't do this, actually. Let me hear the rest. It's like, I want to be a vessel for love. I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena. I just spit. I hope they didn't see that on TV. Um, I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena and the Tyre Williams family for entrusting me with your story. That's what I want to do. I want to be an ambassador of that kind of love and care and concern. Um, 
I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow nominees. Um, He's not sincere. I'll show you why and how. This is a beautiful moment, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crying for winning a, an award. It's not about, it's not about winning an award for me. It's about being able to shine light on all of the people, Tim and, and Trevor. The, the producers. And Zach. Right, great. And Sanaya and Demi and Ingenue and the entire cast and crew yeah. of King Richard and Venus and Serena, the, the entire Williams family. Um, All right. I'm pretty much sick of this. Um, so, do you think he was sincere? After you commit assault cry on national television, not apologizing to the person you hit, by the way. I don't know about you, but I might call it a night. You know, go home. Go to a diner. No, he went to the hottest party in town and danced his ass off to his own music, his own crummy popcorn imitation, uh, cheap, quote-unquote, rap music. Go. So in the middle of this, you can't see it, but I can see Will Smith dancing his silly ass off, holding up that trophy. I see women and men hanging all over him, too. Power! Fame! Money! Do what you want, Will! Summertime. I just hit a man in the face. How the hell does he get to do that? How the hell does he get to do that? Now, I was just talking to somebody, and they said, you know what's amazing about this story? Finally, we got something to talk about that has nothing to do with politics. And I'm like, <laughs> really? You think, you think the reaction of that crowd, you think his going to a party... And dancing the night away after he just slapped a human being. There's not something political going on here. There is. You know it and I know it. I'll be right back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Welcome back to the slap down. <laughs> Someone's joking. The media's Treating this like it's 9-11. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit over top reaction. Over the top. Again, did I say? Oh, yeah. It is a little bit over the top. But it's fascinating. And it does reveal a lot about what's going on right now. It is inconceivable to me that if a white man slapped uh, Chris Rock, that he would not have been arrested. He would not have been allowed to remain there. He would not have uh, been granted Best Actor Award. He would not have been able to get away with not apologizing. You would have heard a pin drop. Nobody would have applauded that achievement. So there's that. It's also, I wonder, because not too many people are talking about Chris Rock, who handled it. Well, he was a genius the way he handled it, actually. All right, I'm going to get back to all that in a moment. But first, <laughs> is Joe Biden done humiliating America overseas? He's back. Is he back yet? He better be back. I mean, this can't. Uh, uh, where the hell is he? 
He's in Poland all weekend long, shooting his mouth off. The man needs to stop talking in public. He does not know how. And he never knew how, by the way. For decades in the United States Senate, he was just a gas bag nobody from Delaware. He was harmless. Delaware, how much damage can you do? One of a hundred senators, no big deal. It was just a great big ego trip for him. Did anybody else benefit? No, but he was able for most of his life to call himself Senator Joe Biden. And then something else we can be angry with Barack Obama over because he gave us this guy. If Barack Obama wasn't so young, if Barack Obama wasn't from Illinois, there would be no Vice President Joe Biden, therefore no President Joe Biden. You know, that's what they do, right? You've got to balance out the ticket. So Barack Obama was black. It definitely could not be a black man. It had to be a, uh, a white man. It definitely couldn't be a woman because that would have been too much change. Too much. Change. I'm talking. This is what Democrats were saying. I got to handle a little more. I don't care. I, a black woman, you know, uh, who's uh, Condoleezza Rice would have been great. I don't care. But they what people look like. They keep care how old people are. They care what gender they are. They care where they're from. So some silly reporter at the New York Times will have something to write about. Those political reporters. I'm sorry. I'm going to say a bad word. And it applies to women and men, mostly men. Bitches. B-I-T-C-H-E-S, bitches. The nastiest, goofiest, silliest. <laughs> he said this on this day, and that person said that, his coalition is... No substance. All BS. From little, nasty, gossipy bitches. Especially the men. I don't recommend this, by the way, but if you ever want to really, really get under a man's skin, you can call him... The B word. <laughs> if he if he deserves it, I, I I really don't don't do that. Just smile and walk away fast. So Joe Biden, career gas bag, does not know how to control himself. Worse than ever, and he says these words that are catastrophically irresponsible. It's one thing if you're in your basement, and nobody cares, but you're the president of the United States and. There's a war going on between Ukraine and Russia. And what did you say about Vladimir Putin? He may be a monster, but even I, on my Third Avenue little studio here, I know a few things about geopolitics, I guess, that uh, that the president doesn't. Cut six, go. Bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase a people's love for liberty. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. For God's sake. Might have thought he was talking about Trump for a moment. <laughs> I think he was thinking about Trump. That's why his mind, where he can't, he can't get over Trump. So that's a very, very, very damaging thing to say. And it's already being exploited and used against us. The administration had to walk it back immediately. That was like the fifth or sixth major, major mistake that he made. What does this guy have other than words, really? You have words and the power behind it. And he's screwing up every time he talks. Stay home. Stop embarrassing yourself and us. He said that we will respond in kind if 
Putin uses chemical weapons. No, we, no, we're not. Don't say anything like that. He warned the troops that they're going to go into battle in Ukraine and they'll see certain things. Shut up, Joe. Are you declaring war yourself? No. Your, your, your precious interagency, everyone, is mopping up his mistakes. They are horrified, horrified. The swamp, the professional class, professional government class, they know this can't last. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, I got a, one more observation about the Will Smith thing, and then I may move on for a bit. Will Smith. Now, you hear I'm kind of outraged by it. It's a big moment. One of the things that people are not talking about, it happens to be a black man um, inflicting violence, pain on another black man. And um, somehow in today's culture, in today's world, uh, and not just recently, for a long time, for whatever reason, black people inflicting violence on other black people doesn't really bother too many people for some reason. I don't know why that is. Do you? I don't know. And there's a really big, you know, let's move on. There's also a really big, he was defending his wife. That's totally legit. You know how many people get into stupid fights and kill each other? You hear about all the killings in New York City, right? All the time. Stabbings, killings, getting shoved on the tracks. Some of that stuff starts because you gave somebody the wrong look. Well, he looked at me funny. So I had to stab him. Oh, he offended my girl. So I had to shoot him in the head. He made fun of my wife in a movie. Oh, so I had to go up and slap him on the global stage. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not going to subscribe to that. All lives matter. Black Lives Matter, they only say they matter when a black life is somehow affected by a white cop. I think it goes way beyond that, don't you? And Chris Rock is a human being. As much human as anybody else. Equal. Equal. Not equity. Everybody doesn't get the same amount, but we are all equal. Um... Man, just bring... So, having said that, and I've dramatized it because I think it's pretty dramatic. But having said all that, I am going to step back and say this. We saw a man get slapped on television. And it was a real slap. I don't believe that it was staged or anything like that to generate interest in the Oscars, of which there is very little these days. They have lost 30 million viewers since 2014. 2014, more than 40 people tuned in to watch the Oscars. It was truly a global event. Last night, about 14 million people watched. I mean, that's like twice the audience of 60 Minutes or something like that. It's just not that many people in television terms. So anyway, um, what was I getting at? Oh, yeah. We saw somebody get slapped, and everyone's going nuts. It's interesting, though. How many killings have we watched on television? Simulated killings, you know, in cop shows, war movies, whatever. How many people have been beaten on TV? You know, Starsky and Hutch, NYPD, Blue. Conservative estimates, 
um, range from about 10 to 20 million. Uh, you've seen 10 to 20 million people get killed on television by the time you're 60 years old. That's a lot of death and destruction. But does it upset us? No. We generally just sit there eating potato chips and, you know, it's fine. It's make-believe, sure, but we're kind of numb to it. Violence, pulling out a gun, that's like, what would Hollywood be if you couldn't pull out a gun and threaten somebody? Outside of war, and I've seen some terrible things in war, but outside of war, I'm trying to think of the violence I've actually witnessed with my own eyes on the street. I mean, once in 1987, I saw somebody get hit in the head with a bottle. Uh, I kind of saw a fight from a couple of blocks away. I really have seen very little. Most people have seen very little with their own eyes. I mean, actually in progress. Now, some people have seen a lot. You come from a certain neighborhood or whatever. I'm not whatever. It's it's not uh, it's unusual, though, for most people. That's interesting to me how we're. Everyone's kind of traumatized by this, including me. Including me. Did we have to say anything else? Oh, Eric Adams. <laughs> and, and all the fun about Will and Chris Rock. I forgot about Eric Adams. Eric Adams is the mayor of New York City, and even he can't believe it. He's flailing. Has no idea what to do. How many times do you think he's been chauffeured around in that limo? I'm the mayor, I'm the mayor, I'm the mayor. Getting out. Wow, look at this. Everyone's following me. Every Wow, wow, wow. Has that worn off yet? I think it just about might be wearing off. It's like, I got to do the job? Uh, can I just show up at events and look cool and smile? Uh, you mean I'm supposed to work? Uh, they're supposed to be, uh, ooh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. What is he going to do now? Let me see here. Consult with my Democrat friends. No, what do you got? What should I do? Uh huh. Oh, really? Uh-huh. The past. Blame everybody else. That's where he is. Hey, Chris, how are we doing with that? We got it yet? All right. So he was at, what do you mean it's not available? So he was at a speech. He made a speech and he said that New York has become a laughing stock when it comes to crime. A laughing stock. He's the mayor. He sat on his ass after he was nominated in June. And didn't do a damn thing. He went to vacations. He went to the sushi club. He partied. I have a plan. What is that plan? You know what the plan is? There is no plan. Look at his first day in office. He made three stupid decisions in a row. His first 10 minutes in office. Number one, I won't have a cop detail with me. I'll just have my brother, so we'll, he'll take care of the white supremacists. Remember that nonsense? Yeah, that actually happened. Oops. On my first day of work, there are three guys beating up somebody 100 yards from me. What am I going to do? I guess I'll call 911. Hello? There's a fight, a half block. I can do that. I've done that. Do that all... (laughs) Not really for a fight. I did it most recently. There was a... A woman, hate to say it, seemed like she, I don't know if she's homeless, but she was definitely deranged, and she had her pants off on the side of the street, sitting down in her own mess. It was really, really tough to see. So I called it in, as they say, 911. Eric didn't even know how to do that. 
have cops with you so you can, you know, radio, they can radio the precinct, which is only a, basically around the block. Anyway, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. You're going to see a lot of people cover for him, though, because they're all afflicted with a low form. I call it low grade racism, actually. Uh, there was a phrase brought up by George W. Bush or coined by George W. Bush. The bigotry of low expectations. Well, he's just a black man. I mean, how would he know any better? What kind of nonsense is that? What kind of horrible nonsense is that? We're going to give him time? Where? Why aren't they demanding results? This is the, supposed to be the toughest press corps in the world. Why, are, why aren't you pressuring this guy? What's wrong with you? Now, it's more than a theory. I know what's going on. You have a lot of white reporters who are afraid to apply pressure on non-white public officials, politicians, etc. That's uh, it's very regrettable, but it's very true. And as for Eric Adams trying to say that he has law enforcement credentials... Don't believe that crap. Okay, Eric Adams, he's a dummy. He lacks competence, he lacks integrity, and he lacks law enforcement credentials. Don't give me that crap about him being a cop, because we know who he is. And he helped bring New York to this moment. This horrible moment, which was so avoidable. Cops are now seen on the same level as criminals. Morally, they're on the same plane. They are representatives. They are avatars of a systemically racist society, right? Isn't that something? Very sad, actually. And what does it mean for people like me? Well, right now, I'm going to be in New York for the, for the time being. But I know a lot of other people are getting the hell out of this place. Walled compounds, you name it. They're leaving. They're getting the heck out of Dodge. Oh, I got to take a call real quick. Uh, Al in New Jersey. How you doing there, Greg? What's up? Uh, what Chris Rock said was nothing of what he said about uh, uh, Will Smith when Don Rickles was a maniac. I know what it no one ever came up to Don Rickles and beat him up. You are so right. And I'm going to be playing some Don Rickles uh, tonight when he <laughs> called Ronald Reagan dumb to his face. <laughs> You're a dumb dumb. He said it right to his face. And by the way, it was hilarious. Reagan laughed. You know, it was it was really great stuff. That's the way it's done. Devastatingly funny jokes. He was laughing because it was funny. You're right. Now we're in this place where society, oh, my God, you get offended, you can actually punch somebody. Hey, why can he punch somebody? Would you have any theories as to uh, how Will Smith could get away with it, Al? Well, uh, he's Will Smith, and that's it. <laughs> there's no there's no in-between. He's the man. They knew he was going to get that Oscar, and, you know, there's not, there's, there was no way of getting out of that thing. Uh, bing, 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 bing. You are correct. He's Will Smith. He's rich. He's famous. He's powerful. Happens to be black when, boy, oh, boy, 
Never been more fashionable, right? The least uh, you imagine a white man doing that to anybody? No, 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 no. White. Well, we'd, we'd be hearing about white privilege. We've been hearing about that. This is just privilege. This is just arrogance. This is just a guy who's been thrown money and opportunity all of his life, essentially, and is a spoiled brat. This is what fame can do to you, ruin you, ruin you. This is a broken man, but there's hope. There is hope. Anybody, anybody, anybody can be fixed. Through the grace of God, I do believe. Gail is in Staten Island. Thanks uh, for that, Al. Gail, what's up? You know, we spoke right after Eric Adams won, and we figured out what was going on, trying to give him hope. But you know what? This broken windows they're going to bring back where they have to still identify themselves. It reminds me of broken windows with little billowy lace curtains because they're going to put a name on it and a label. They're not going to do it the way they used to do it. That's how I feel. Yeah, well, look, they're totally lost. They don't know what they're doing. They have no plan. They're just throwing out phrases that they think work or that they've heard about. Eric Adams has no experience in these matters. None. Zero. Well, wait a second. I was a police captain. No, he wasn't. He was... He was a full-time Al Sharpton in the department trying to get his friends hooked up. He did no consequential work. He'd never mastered his craft. He didn't do anything of consequence or merit. Uh, somebody, uh, Chief Wilbur Chapman said he basically uh, came to make trouble and did absolutely nothing. Did nothing for the department. Just took, 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 took. And by the way, he was probably on his way to being fired because there were serious questions about his ethics. So uh, when you hear about broken windows, they're bringing it back. It just These are just desperate men throwing out phrases. They don't know what's going on. They don't know how to fix it. They, uh, they help break it, by the way. Eric Adams helped bring us to this moment. And don't forget how tight Eric Adams is, or at least was, with Bill de Blasio. Bill did all kinds of things to make Eric the borough president. Imagine that, going from borough president to being mayor. And there was a time where that job meant something. It means nothing now. Nothing. There are PTA members with more responsibility. Uh, Saul in Long Island. Yes, Saul. How are you, Greg? Listen, this uh, you know, black and black crime is it's no problem. It's welcome. But uh, is no problem. It's what? Black and black crime is no problem. Uh, black and white crime is even better. Can you imagine if Tom Cruise smacked Chris uh, Rock? Can you imagine? He would have been in jail 20 minutes after. Uh, that's true. That, that's, that is CNN, true. <laughs> that is true. CNN, MSNBC, CBS, you know, all this left-wing shows. Nobody was talking about that this morning. Well, nobody. they're talking about the issue. I mean, I'm looking at CNN right now. They're talking about it right now. Fox just had it a moment ago. I haven't seen MSNBC. So people are talking about it. It's out there. They may not be making the point that you are making, which I agree with. If Tom Cruise hit Chris Rock, uh, Tom Cruise would be in jail. Tom Cruise would never work again. But what happened to what happened to our our friend uh, Will Smith? Where was he 20 minutes later at the party? Right. Go ahead. Anyway. There he is, dancing to his silly album from, like, 1999. It stunk. It stunk. Thank you, pal. Thank you for calling. Uh, Rich in Brooklyn. Yes, Rich. 
Rich? It just, yeah, I wanted to tell you that statement Adams made, that, believe it or not, was at the NYPD communion breakfast. So we're having trouble finding a tape of it, by the way. Is that true, right? There's no tape of it, but it's, it's, it's been quoted. And I saw a bunch of chiefs there. I'm telling this guy is incompetent. He is incompetent. And I know he impressed a lot of people because he looked good in a suit and he was trim. It's amazing what you can pull off in life when you look good in a suit and you're trim. Anything else you wanted to say, Rich? I got to go in a second. No, no, no. That was it. I just wanted to let you know the uh, venue. Yeah. All right. Thank you, pal. Thanks, man. And I will be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Arrest that man. Arrest that man. I do want to see him arrested. In the meanwhile, <laughs> fake news is uh, now explaining away uh, what he did. Oh, he was de- uh, somebody on CNN just said he was defending a black queen. He was defending a black queen. Hmm. Uh, no, Jada Pinkett's not a queen. It's beautiful. And what does her color have to do with it? And Chris Rock happens to be I, so stupid. And, oh, by the way, that does remind me that the fake news, what else? They're not horrified by this, but they are horrified by text messages from Ginny Thomas. Now, who is Ginny Thomas? Ginny Thomas happens to be the wife of Clarence Thomas, and they hate Clarence Thomas, and they hate Ginny. Oh, boy. I mean, she sent some text messages. What does the fake news make of those text messages? Cut 50, please. Cut 50. Call it what you want to call it, uh, but 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 if you're trying to, to to throw out a presidential election because you lost, that's over. That's overthrowing American democracy. How many times have we heard that crap? No one was calling for the overthrow of the election. All right. Now I've been through Ginny Thomas's text messages. Not that I really. <laughs> Somebody says, hey, you want to read so-and-so's text messages? I'm like, well, I really shouldn't, but yes. Somehow I knew these were going to be boring right off the top. And they were. They were ordinary. The same kind of stuff I was saying on television. Don't concede. This is not over. The Electoral Count Act of 1887. We have to look into this. She wrote this in text messages to a guy named Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff to Donald uh, Donald Trump at the time. This is still America, ma'am. You're allowed to have these thoughts. You're allowed to write things and say things. If you're a citizen, if you're Joe Blow, or if you're the wife of the associate justice of the Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas, one of them, one of the nine, you're allowed to. Now they want to, he must recuse himself. He must recuse himself. No, he must not recuse himself. His wife is allowed to vote, think, have whatever opinions. What they're trying to do is delegitimize the very idea, the very thought that this election wasn't perfect. Well, number one, it wasn't. A lot of weird things happened in it. Big time. Big time. They used COVID as an excuse. They changed all the rules. In many cases, they violated the law when they changed those rules. You can vote at home. You can vote in the bathroom. You can vote on the train. You can, uh, we'll vote for you. We can do all these things because of COVID. And the more I realize that, the more I realize COVID, I'm very suspicious. I'm very suspicious. The Chinese, very suspicious of this whole thing. 
So let me tell you the real reason why I think January 6th happened. It wasn't to stop the counting of the electoral votes. It was to stop the objections to the counting. It was to stop the stopping. Because under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, there was a provision within the law where these electoral votes can be debated as to their legitimacy, as to their authenticity, as to their, you know, all that stuff. We got concerns about uh, the vote in Pennsylvania. We want to send the votes back to Harrisburg so they can sort it out. There's a provision in the law for that to happen. Now, how does it happen? You need a member of the House of Representatives to write it up. And you need a U.S. senator to write it up, and they got to join forces, and they got to hold their hands up high together and say, we object. And Democrats have tried that all the time. But you know what? The Democrats have never been able to pull it off. Here's one of them trying it after the 2000 election. Bill Clinton is president. He's outgoing. The inauguration is less than two weeks away. And this is a female congresswoman from Florida, I believe, Corrine Brown, one of many who did this, but listen to what happens. Al Gore will be the one questioning her. Are you ready? She's objecting to the election. Cut 51. Uh, Mr. President, it is in writing and signed by several House colleagues on behalf and myself of the 27,000 voters of Duval County in which 16,000 of them are African Americans that was disenfranchised in this last the, election. Uh, the, the gentlewoman will suspend the question um, the part of the question uh, that i'll put again is uh, is the objection signed by a member of the senate not signed by a member of the senate the senate is missing mm-hmm. the senate was needed for that objection to go forward but it was missing she couldn't get any senator to sign up jamie raskin Democrat of Maryland, congressman, tried the same thing in 2016. Actually, this is early 2017. He's trying to keep Trump from becoming president. Was trying the same thing, but he can't get a senator to join him. Cut 52, please. Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? It is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. Huh? Can I do one more? This is it. This is how it went in 2016. This is what they wanted to stop in 2020 because Republicans were, they were successful at it. Cut 53. Oh, shoot. I'll do it after the break. Sorry. There's the music. I do have to run. It's amazing, though. The protest... January 6th was to stop it, not start it. Be right back. Yep. Yep. A lot of folks in Hollywood are rallying around Will Smith. Who'd have thunk it? Although there are some heavyweights who slammed him initially. Now they're getting scared. Tiffany Haddish, you know who she is? I don't find her funny. I I don't even know what she's been in. I mean, I've seen her in a million times, but I have no idea what she's ever been in. I don't know. What has Tiffany Haddish been in? She's famous, but I don't know why exactly. She was a guest on some show and it went viral. And anyway, what did she say? She's a big deal in Hollywood. A big deal. And she thought what Will Smith did. And recap, do me a favor. Can we play what Will Smith did? 
uh, what's his name? Chris Rock makes the joke. Will Smith gets mad, curses his head off, punches the guy. Terrible, disgraceful behavior. But, of course, it's Hollywood. So uh, a lot of people are giving him uh, credit for this one. Go ahead. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. You put my name out your Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's G.I. Jane joke. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. <laughs> that was a great joke, actually. That part. The G.I. Jane joke, whatever. So Tiffany Haddish is a... Uh, and she's got to be on drugs or something like that. I mean, I, I, her demeanor suggests to me that she's on drugs all the time, but I don't know. But she wrote this. What does she think? She told People magazine, when I saw a black man stand up for his wife, that meant so much to me. As a woman who has been unprotected, for someone to say, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. She forgot to say effing mouth, but OK. Leave my wife alone. That's what your husband is supposed to do, right? Protect you. And maybe the world might not like how it went down but for me it was the most beautiful thing i've ever seen because it made me believe that there are still men out there that love and care about their women uh, <laughs> wow huh uh okay uh oh she goes on that meant the world to me <laughs> and maybe the world might not uh like how it went down but for me it was the most beautiful thing i've ever seen because it may- okay they repeat the whole damn paragraph Well, she says the same thing. She varies it a little bit. I've ever seen because it made me believe there are still men out there that love and care about their women, their wives. The LAPD issued a statement noting Rock has decided not to pursue a criminal complaint. The LAPD investigates uh, investigative entities are aware of an incident between two individuals during the Academy Awards program. The incident involved one individual slapping another. The individual involved has declined to file a police report. If the involved party desires a police report, at a later date, LAPD will be available to complete an investigative report. How about you watch the damn television show and come to your own conclusion? This ain't up to Chris Rock. This is up to the community. We have laws against this stuff. If I see Chris, uh, if I see Will Smith walking around, I mean, the guy's like now a walking weapon. You can't have this. You can't commit a crime in front of a billion people and get away with it. In his best actor speech, Smith apologized to the Academy and fellow nominees, but not to Rock. Yeah. The first Oscar winner said, oh, I played you what he said before. So what a moment, huh? What a moment. And it does remind me a little bit of Goodfellas. Now, oh, one thing that no one's talking about. After he slaps him, Will Smith walks off like, yeah, I'm the man in charge. He like has a a smug kind of grin on his face. And he tugs at his vest like, look at me, I'm an aristocratic gentleman. And I just, you know, I just did justice. It's very odd. Uh, you ever see Goodfellas when Ray Liotta is with Karen and that guy across the street, Bruce, uh, messed with her? You know, 
And, uh, you know, he started to touch me. He started to grab me. I told him no. Then he got really mad. And he pushed me out of the car. Then he goes over, parks at Karen's house. You all right? You all right? All right. Why don't you go inside and get yourself cleaned up? And then what does Ray Liotta do when he's in his little convertible there? He looks in the rearview mirror and sees Bruce and his preppy friends across the street working on a hot rod sports car. It's like a rich kid, this Bruce. And Bruce is in his wimpy yellow jacket. And Ray Liotta knows what he's going to do. He grabs the gun, puts it in his waistband, and walks with determination across the street. What's he going to do? Nobody knows when you're watching the movie. He's going to do something. Is he going to shoot? And Bruce wants to know, hey, hey, Jerko, what are you going to do? You want something, Jerko? Ray Liotta takes out the gun and starts pounding the guy, pistol whipping him hard. The friends are horrified. Bam, 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 bam. I swear on my mother, you put another hand on that woman on Karen, I'm going to shoot your freaking face. Something like that. Then he points the gun at his friend. Don't shoot. And this is the interesting part to me. He puts the gun uh, to his side and he walks back across the street, but his face is filled with rage. I mean, this guy, he wants to do it again. He is so incensed. Now, I once had a fight in the neighborhood, and I was more like Ray Liotta than Will Smith walking off like that. I was mad. I was mad. I hit somebody with a whole handful of matchbox cars, which I didn't mean to do it this way. But that is like a bunch of brass knuckles. It's the same thing as holding breath, and there was blood everywhere. I feel terrible now, but at the time, I was so mad. I was so steamed. But there's Will Smith just walking off having a great old time. And then he realizes, I guess, he gets text messages. Oh, boy, dude, you got a problem. You know, you got to say something about this. Ten minutes later, he gets the big award. Now, do we have the whole thing? Let's go ahead and listen to uh, what happened there. And the Oscar goes to... Will Smith! Everybody's clapping. Everybody's smiling. He just punched a man. Who cares? He's rich and famous and good-looking. Yay! Yay! I want to be his friend. Yay! 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 Richard Williams... uh, Who? ...was a fierce defender of his family. In this time in my life, in this moment, oh yeah, I am overwhelmed by what God is calling on me to do and be in this world. What? Making this film, I got to protect hey. Ingenue Ellis who was one of the most, the strongest, most delicate people I've ever met. Stop. She's strong or delicate? What are you even saying? Protect. He made a movie, the 75th movie of his life. He's acting like he came up with uh, 
a tablet to cure COVID. He's <laughs> how many days did it take him to film this thing? I wonder. He probably I, I I have some sense of the dimension of this film. It probably took him about two weeks. And he's a protector of women now. Is that what they said? This is how you protect women and family? By smacking people in the face? You're a degenerate. You need help. That he ha- that he was allowed to receive this reward infuriates me. Go ahead, more. I got to protect Sanaya and Demi, the two actresses that played Venus and Serena. What does that mean, protect? He wants to be a bouncer. He wants to be a cop. Quit Hollywood and get a badge and do it the right way. Don't do it on your terms. And by the way, didn't they have security on set? What are you talking about? Keep going. I'm being called on in my life. Me, me, me. To love people. And to protect people. No. And to be a river to my people. What? Now, no, to do what we do, you got to be able to take abuse. You got to be able to have people talk crazy about you. It's In cold. this business, you got to be able to have yeah. people disrespecting you. Ooh. And you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay. No, you got to go up and hit them. Hit back. But Richard Williams... And what I loved, thank you, D. Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. It's not wrong about that. Still still hasn't apologized to the guy he hit. And he won't. I want to be a vessel... For love, I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena. I just spit. I hope they didn't see that on TV. Um, I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena and the entire Williams family for entrusting me with your story. What's the big deal about their story? They became successful athletes. It happens all the time. At any given moment, there is a number one athlete in the world when it comes to tennis. When it comes to track, when it comes to, I don't know, uh, baseball, I guess. They just talk about the, the reverence they have for themselves. It is nauseating, and it is reflective of a broken culture. There's one, a couple of good things that we said here. He was right about the devil, and I'm just, actually, I'm glad that he's talking to Denzel Washington, who is a Christian and speaks about it, is not afraid to not talk about it. And Denzel, I think he's had his ups and downs and temptations. Who hasn't? But he talks now about the importance of getting to the Word of God. And whatever book Denzel is reading, it's not the Bible. This vessel stuff and river to the community, you know, no, this is not a, this is not a man of God. I'm sorry. And God does have the answers, especially for you, Will. Keep going. I want to wrap this up. That's what I want to do. I want to be an ambassador of that kind of 
love and care and concern. Um, I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow nominees. Chris Rock. Um, Chris Rock. This is a beautiful moment, uh-huh. and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not crying for winning a, an award. It's not, it's not about winning an huh? award for me. It's about being able to shine light on, on all of the people, Tim uh-huh. and, and Trevor. Yeah, the producers. Zach, right, that's why you're crying. Sinaya and Demi and Ingenue and the oh. entire cast. Ingenue. Of King Richard and Venus and Serena, the, the entire Williams family. All right. Um, art imitates life. I look like the crazy father, yep. just like they said. <laughs> I look like crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams. Um, but love will make you do crazy things. Um, all right, let's talk about what love has made him do. Or whatever that arrangement is he has with uh, Jada Pinkett. And they've been open about their open marriage. And uh, you know, Will sleeps with whoever he likes, and Jada sleeps around too. And, uh, you know, all kinds of experimentation and fun. It's all, it's all great, right? No, it's not. Sounds like it could be great. What person wouldn't be momentarily intrigued? But then to act on it, to go there. No wonder why the guy's flying off the handle every time. You can't ha- Nobody can handle their wife fooling around on them like that in the open. I think that's part of it. I don't know. Never. Actually, I did see the man once. I saw him. I didn't meet him, but I saw him at the opening of I Am Legend. Very good movie. Huh. Oh, well. What do we think? Do I have time for one call? I want to get to this guy... Steve, no, all right, actually, oh, my wife is here. Is everything okay? All right, she's smiling. I hope everything is okay. All right, I'll be right back. WABC. This is The Greg Kelly Show. In all the fun and excitement about Will Smith, um, Coda won Best Picture. Coda, C-O-D-A. Anybody ever hear of this movie, Coda? What What happened? Where's Raiders of the Lost Ark, huh? How about Kramer versus Kramer? These are movies that I like. Um, hey, remind me, do me a favor, remind me about Will Smith being so smug, all right, coming off the stage. Remind me about that and Ray Liotta being so mad in Goodfellas. Uh, all right, I did say we'd take some calls. Steve is in New York. Hi, Steve. Hi, I enjoy your show. Um, we're both members of Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA, and they have very strict policies. How do you know I'm in SAG-AFTRA? Because you're a broadcaster at a major market news station. You have to be in SAG after, right? Um, pretty much. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. <laughs> so, as you know, our, our guild has very strict policies on all sorts of behavior. So if this happened on a set, and obviously that was a SAG after broadcast, so if a background actor told an off-color joke to a celebrity and the guy just wailed on him at, on a set, they'd be brought up in charges. They would risk losing their membership in the union. That's a damn good point. You're 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 onto something there. Um, do me a favor. You bring it up with SAG after. I don't want. I am in SAG after. I don't want to bring it up with them. 
I'm on thin ice as it is with the union. I, I don't want. Could you bring it up? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's so much protocols now with uh, on set behavior with women and, and and also intimacy coordinators, all sorts of things. And to have this happen on a SAG after broadcast, you think the union would come down hard on the actor really they'd absolutely you're absolutely right and there are a million different rules for everything that you do on set yeah they're designed to uh make sure everybody's safe some of the rules are a little bit much uh, some of the rules are necessary and uh you're damn right steve good point uh sag after should uh, take a look at this steve thank you hey steve are you an actor what do you do yourself Yes, I'm an actor, so I'm very versed in set protocols, and Actors' Equity, too, would do the same thing. If this happened in a Broadway show or a Tony Award or something crazy like that, the union would have to step in and, and have dis- a disciplinary hearing. There would be a disciplinary hearing, uh, like a tribunal within the union, Yeah, and I don't know if that. I wonder if that's going to happen. Hey, Steve, really. can I ask you something? Um, and I think the actors, uh, you know, actors at the very top, you know, like Will Smith or, uh, you know, uh, Bradley Cooper and, and actors who are just starting out, they all are susceptible to this because acting is, um, you know, it's sporadic. You don't it's not nine to five work. It's not Monday through Friday. You know, it's not it's it's a little bit and there are lulls. I've always thought that that must be a major challenge. And no one ever seems to talk about it. Am I am I right? Is it is that a thing? And and uh, what do you, what are your thoughts? Well, that's true. And there's really good workshops and uh, things that actors can lean on. Like at the Guild, there's the Actors Work Program, and it helps actors develop parallel jobs that they can have, that they can continue their uh, their careers. They can be teachers or nurses and you know, part-time. And so in the lulls, they have something else to do. So there are programs like that to help actors. Yeah. Because, yeah, the downtime can be very hard. So there should a lot of actors I know who are you know working actors that are successful have something else going on that's flexible that they can then go do their acting. You know? That's that's so terrific. It's a, good, it's a good question. Yeah. Thank you, Steve, very much. Hey, uh, do me a favor. Hold on. I want to talk to the get his if he feels comfortable. All right. I want to stay in touch with him. Steve, thank you very much. I got to go to now uh, Bill in New Jersey. Bill. Bill, you there? Yeah, Greg. Hi. Uh, I think we should be more disturbed about President Biden's revelations. Of course, doesn't the president get in a thing every morning? He might be letting out little nuggets of info that uh, shouldn't be let out. You're damn right about that. Listen, I just want you to know I've been hooting and hollering about uh, Biden all weekend long. I do think this is a, an important cultural moment. Uh, but here, let's uh, – where are these – this was the weird thing he said. This is where I think he might have been letting the cat out of the bag. And I wondered, okay, did he hear this from an intel? Uh, is this, excuse me, is this the plan? Here he is. He seems to give the troops the heads up that we're going to invade Ukraine or we're going to go in to help them. Cut 36. And you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of the front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. Yeah. Why would the troops be seeing that? Uh, unless, I mean, only if they're going in would they see that. U.S. troops. He was talking to U.S. troops in Poland. When you go in, some of you already seen it. Women standing in front of tanks. You're only going to see that if you go in there. Yeah. Bill, great point. You hear the music? Yeah. Yeah. I got to go. You got five seconds. Anything else? No, I just think that we might be working with the Russians on uh, just trying to put an end to this equitably. 
That would be nice. Thank you, sir. And I shall return. Larry, don't go away. You're listening to one of the most iconic stations in the nation. An American original. Talk Radio 77. WABC. At WABCRadio.com. Hey, Eric Adams, the quote-unquote mayor, Eric, <laughs> he's embarrassed by New York City. He says it's the laughing stock of the country. Laughing stock of the country, huh? Well, he says crime is so bad we've become a laughing stock. I have another theory on this. We're a laughing stock because of you. You. You unaccomplished liar who conned his way a backdoor into City Hall so you finally got what you wanted. You're the mayor, although nobody really cares anymore. The job has been reduced after eight years of de Blasio, who also conned and lied his way into the job, a person of no consequence, just like you, Eric. And here's proof, by the way, if you think I'm being too hard on Eric Adams. He is the Democrat nominee, the overwhelming favorite to win the election. And he shows up on the Stephen Colbert show. Actually, I think this is after the general election. This is a November, December time frame. So Eric Adams at this point is the mayor-elect. So what does he do? He goes on national television and shares a little bit of marijuana with his new celebrity BFF, Stephen Colbert. Cut 54. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have raw. I did not know. I have raw. I am not aware, Mr. Mayor. I'm not into that scene. I have bamboo. Oh, you know, big. And I can't give you this gift. I'll give it to you later, you know. (laughs) 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 Woo! Woo! Pod! Yay! Wee! What are they, in eighth grade? And Eric has this stupid, stupid grin on his face. (laughs) Isn't he cute? You can smoke weed in public now in New York City. I guess that includes K2. Ever tried that stuff? Don't. May want to make you tr- jump out of a building. This stuff is a hundred times more powerful than the weed or marijuana or grass people smoked back in the Woodstock days or whatever they did. This is, this is potent stuff. They've become much better at growing pot, and it's more powerful. And it can really knock you out. And it can make you do some crazy things. So, I don't know, maybe uh, encouraging people to smoke weed all the time might have something to do with the record crime. Maybe the complete lack of a plan, ability, um, any administrative skill to implement said plan as well. So, Eric is out of ideas, so what does he do? He starts blaming people. And, of course, let's blame, in this case, we'll blame the media. Sure, everybody hates the media. I'm a black man, that's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. Oh, my gosh. Make all the journalists look like Eric, okay? Send him off to uh, a vegan farm, put him in a, uh, uh, you know, Barry's boot camp, send him to Hugo Boss, get him some suits. Got to look like Eric if you want to cover Eric. How racist can you get? It's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting how they're talking and how they're behaving and what they're advocating. And the cowardice shown by so many people of all colors who know better.
to just go along with it. Hey, some of those are the heavy Hollywood heavyweights who came out pretty, pretty tough on Will Smith, appropriately so, but then they backtracked. Can't believe how many tweets were deleted in a flash. Judd Apatow said he was like a crazy man. This is this violence. This is out of control. We must, uh, there must be accountability. Boop, deleted. Um, all right, so there was that. Oh, and I have to do this one more time. I'm sorry, we didn't finish it. Regarding the election, regarding January 6th, you have to remember something. And they love to say, oh, it was an insurrection. It was an insurrection. It was the worst thing that ever happened since the War of 1812. The horrible, the worst siege on the Capitol since civil. Shut up. You are lying and or you are misinformed. Now, having studied this a great deal, actually, from the Electoral Count Act of 1887 to those three cops who walked away just before Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed to the riot cops who stood there as people marauded. It all came together for me. January 6th, number one, as you have seen, if you watch my Newsmax show, many of the people were allowed inside by Capitol cops. They stood on either side, step right up, right this way. Why isn't anybody ever talking about that? There's photographic proof of it. Why were they let inside? They weren't. The intent was for those protesters to provide a pretext for them to call off the debate that was successfully being waged. It wasn't to stop anything, not not to stop the count. It was to stop the debate. Does this make sense? Democrats in 2000 challenged the electoral count in process. This is a Democrat from Florida, Corinne Brown. Go, cut 51. Uh, Mr. President, it is in writing and signed by several House colleagues on behalf and myself of the 27,000 voters of Duval County in which 16,000 of them are African-Americans that was disenfranchised in this last election. The the gentlewoman will suspend. The question, um, the part of the question uh, that I'll put again is, uh, is... The objection signed by a member of the Senate. Not signed by a member of the Senate. The Senate is missing. All right. You see, they needed a senator. They also didn't have a senator in 2016 when uh, Jamie Raskin, that little rat from uh, Maryland, when he tried to stop uh, the count. Cut 52. Listen to this. Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? Is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. You see, they can't get a senator to sign up, and then they could have a full debate about these electoral votes and their authenticity, their legitimacy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fast forward to 2021, January 6th, Republicans... Well, they've got their act together, and there's real concern about the election results. So you'll hear now a member of Congress joined verbally and in writing by a United States senator. Cut 53. I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Fort. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. 
You hear that? All right. That's what they weren't able to do in 2000 and in 2016. And that's what they wanted to stop. Democrats needed to stop that debate that they tried to wage themselves, but were unsuccessful. Republicans were successful on January 6th. You got to think about that. All right. It's a whole new way of looking at January 6th. They let them in so they would stop the debate, not stop the count. Fascinating, huh? And I came up with that all by myself. Now, I got to put a hard break on all the politics because some wonderful people just entered the room and I don't know their politics. I don't want it. It's all their business. Maybe they agree. Maybe they totally disagree. And that's fine. That's America. Uh, Arthur Lee joins me once again. He is the creator of LifeVac. Arthur, how are you? I'm great, man. Thank you so much. Uh, Choking Awareness Day. And, you know, you voice the opinion of, uh, you know, what's going on with that. So thank you. Uh, choking Awareness. Well, LifeVac is a little, it's a device that's amazing that uh, it's an airway clearance device. And if you got a little kid or an old person or anybody, you can use this thing and uh, get the chunk of food out of there, basically, right? Yeah. Well, you know, quick update on the power of your voice. Our attorneys at Paris and Belkamp, last time we talked about the knockoffs, they got Amazon to take them down. So we had a little victory for the little guy that those knockoffs have been stopped for now. So I appreciate because your your voice helped on that. Thank you. Wait, are you saying you're the little guy? Yeah, we are the little guy. Well, come on, LifeVac, you have done very well. You are an entrepreneur. You are very skilled. You come from a legendary scientific family <laughs> in my book. Get this, your father. What was your dad's name? My dad's name was Arthur. Just Ar- like me. I'm the third. Arthur Lee, you're, so there's a junior, there's a third, and then... Your dad worked at Grumman, and he actually worked on the lunar module. Yeah, my name's on the moon. They, uh, all the engineers at Grumman signed a little panel that turned into microfiche, so it was on three missions. So I'm able to say, because I'm the third, that my name's on the moon. And I was very proud, and I, I grew up learning that anything's possible. Wow. If you can go to the moon, you can invent a, a, a plastic device that gets food out of there. There you go. Dad would be proud. Uh, that is amazing. Wait a second. Your name is on the moon. And now what missions did he do? 11, 12, and 13? No, wait, 11, 12, and 14? Yeah, well, 11, 12, uh, 13 didn't make right. it to the moon because we were in the Luda Lander. And 14. So uh, 11, 12, and 14. 14. Yeah. That is something else. Yeah, it's pretty L-I-H cool. L-I-H is on the moon. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a neat thing that uh, since I was so young that I might be the last person on this planet with their name on the moon. Possibly. Now, we might go back. They're thinking about going back pretty soon. That would be good. It would be great, but it's not a done deal, and I hope we do go back. Uh, although, for your sake, maybe I'm hoping we don't, because that's kind of a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, your name is on the moon. All right, so forgive me. I forgot. It's uh, National Choking Awareness Day. Uh, <laughs> is this a, Leslie, can you, is this a big day? I didn't know about this day. No, it isn't. And over the last 10 years, we've tried to promote it a little more because – you look at it, 5,000 people a year choked to death, right? So it's the fourth leading cause of accidental death, leading cause of accidental death in our schools. Figuratively, we have a cure, right? We never have cures anymore. We, we perpetuate, we try, but we don't have a cure. We have a cure. No one has to choke to death anymore. So we awareness is the key that, one, it happens all the time, one child every five days, and it doesn't have to happen anymore. All right, LifeVac.net, LifeVac.net. Check it out. It's a great little device. 10% off, I think, if you mentioned WABC. Now, do me a favor. Describe the advantages for the using the LifeVac as opposed to the good old Heimlich maneuver. Well, you want to do that, and we promote that, especially today, right, to, to be trained. 
But the problem is it doesn't always work. Independent study in the U.K., Life Act was 99% effective. Those techniques were 71. So there's a big gap, right? And it's super simple. It's a little plunger. You push and pull, and it creates a suction. I don't know if the audience can hear that. Yeah. And it pulls the object out. I mean, it's not rocket science and it's like Dad was involved in. It's simple physics. You actually look at the thing, and you know how to use it. Yeah, I mean, the blessing and when I persevered to do was something simple that like a panicking parent like I would be can just go, ah, place, push, pull, and right. save your child. No assembly required in the heat of the moment. Hey, just pop in the mask and, and you're good to go. And each kit covers adults and children. We had a we had a parent buy it to protect her children, wound up saving her mother-in-law. And that's happened more than once. They, they got it for the peace of mind and safety of their child and wound up saving their spouse or even someone else. We've had people save other people. That's, that is amazing. Uh, Lifefact.net. They're very easy to uh, acquire. I recommend. I've got... Uh, well, I've got about four of them, actually, <laughs> thanks to my association with you, and I've given them away as gifts as well. Awesome. Um, how did you come up with the idea? I think you said this is like a real kind of a homemade inspiration. You were in your garage or something like yeah, that, right? What happened? Old school. You know, growing up with my dad, we fixed everything ourselves. I'm a 64, you know, I'm the last of the boomers. And I heard of a child, same age as my daughter that died, and I was trained. I didn't know it didn't always work. So I just started experimenting, learned about forces. I knew it had to be simple. And the first one was glued together in my garage, just like, you know, old school life. Wow. So where's the factory? It's out in Wisconsin. We make them in the USA because I'm American. I love it. I love it. Now, you could probably make more money if you made them in China. Yeah, um, that's not happening. I think that, you know, money ain't everything. We also make it uh, it lasts forever, which is anti-money. Uh, we kept it reasonable so you can save a life and everyone can get it, unlike some other solutions that are just unaffordable for the regular person. So they get mandated, but you can't buy it out in Idaho. So everything I did was to be as best in my soul and heart as I could be. Excellent. So really excellent. I mean, wow, you're doing it in America for all the right reasons. LifeVac.net, LifeVac.net. Go pick one up. Very easy to do. By the way, have you ever choked? I have once, and I almost crashed my car. I was choking <laughs> on a donut, and we were kids, young, 17. It's a funny story because I was choking, and I hit the brakes, and we bought glass bottles of milk, and they all shattered all over the car. But, yeah, it's a scary thing. Yeah. I did once myself when I was a kid. It was like a little uh, candy, like one of those round candies, the uh, hard candies that your grandmother might have, and... I, I swallowed it, and I remember uh, my dad putting his fingers into my throat to get it out. And uh, my uncle felt very bad because it was his house and his candy, and it probably shouldn't have been in the reach of uh, a three-year-old like we me. Had, uh, we had a child uh, was being a good older sibling, gave one a lemonhead candy to her younger brother, like sneaking it to him to mm. be cool. He choked, and luckily the parent had a life back because think about the life that sibling would have had. And luckily, the mother was able to save the child. Where do you do you recommend keeping it? Uh, this is a practical question for me. I mean, should it be in the kitchen? I guess it should be in the kitchen. Where do you keep it? Yeah, I mean, most people, I keep mine in the kitchen, just under the cabinet, like, you know, everything else. Um, but the cool thing is now the travel kit, we're starting to see people keep it in their cars and save other people. We had 50 million views on another, a good Samaritan running to their car 
and coming in and saving a baby. I How saw cool. I saw the one with the back in two. Was oh, it? my God, yeah. And she's freaking out. But you can understand she is so in such distress, obviously so, and she's yelling, help, help, help. In that state, you're not going to be able to do much more than – you know, press a button, which is essentially what Life Act does. You can just kind of press the thing, yeah. you stick it in and press it. It doesn't take a lot of finesse, would you say? Did right? you hear when the baby cries? Like, my, I get chills right now because the baby's silent, right? The mother's freaking. And when she pulls it, he starts to cry. Yeah. And then, you know, that's just, it was, it's just such a great sound. And she picks him up and they, their whole life is okay now. They, they don't have to live with what, you know, the other side would have been. You got anything else in the works? This is terrific. No. I mean, uh, you, uh, you, 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 you've done so much. LifeFact.net, LifeFact.net. Hey, when the lunar lander was being built, did your dad ever take you to the factory? Oh, yeah. I, I have a part with me. I'm going to show you. I have the abort button from the prototype because that book you're looking at, he was there before and he, they didn't know what they were doing. They, you know, they were trying to figure it out. Wow. The abort button. Yeah. I could use that in yeah, no some kidding. of my shows and, uh, you know, like, oh, let's stop. I mean, that sounds fantastic. So do you know when, like, the abort button, they almost pushed it when they were landing, by the way, right? Yeah, he was within a few seconds of having to hit it because he had to take over manual control and uh, he was close to being out of fuel and he had to punch it. But yeah. the original design, it wasn't where it is now. 60 seconds. Remember that? The guy says 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then they're really running out of gas and you got to. You got Apollo. We copy on the ground. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, so your dad is uh, no longer with us. No, he passed away. Yeah. But what a great guy, and he passed he on this uh, legacy of curiosity and skill to you, Arthur Lee. Uh, check out lifevac.net. Lifevac.net. Put the code WABC. You'll get ten percent off. Do me a favor. i got to take a quick commercial break. Can you stick around for a moment? Oh, my God. I'd love to. All Thank right. You. I could use some backup because I'm about to talk to Larry, and he's a really nasty guy from All Queens. Right. All right. Let's I'll, go. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Kelly Show. Uh, we're back with my friend Arthur Lee. He invented the LifeVac, LifeVac.net. You can save a kid, an old person, a middle-aged person, anybody who's choking, and you put this thing in their, uh, well, you put it in their throat, and you... <laughs> You pull it out with air. It's pretty much that simple. Wait, Arthur, do you have a patent on this thing? I do. Now, how do you get a patent? Is it hard? Very hard. It took like five years. Five years, and the number 17 sticks out. Is it only good still for 17 years, a patent? It's less than that now. Less than that. Yeah. Wow, and then anybody can copy it. Yep. That's just, that's terrible. Yeah, but you know what? We save people who cares. All right, stand by. Uh, Larry has something to say from Queens. Hello, Larry. Oh, yeah. Hi, Greg. I, I did call up because I thought you were wasting a, a, quite a bit too much time on a stupid uh, half-baked fight. And the reason I thought, well, one of the reasons I grew up in Woodside, although I avoided fights myself, but just about every Friday night there were a couple of Irish guys half in a bag that were punching each other out. Hey, so, no ethnic slurs on this show. I don't want to hear about any Irish stereotypes and they're half in the bag. Now, look, I understand we're talking about it, but guess what, buddy? People are talking about it. I'm I'm personally fascinated by it. I'm not going to make any apologies for it. It happened during what used to be the most watched show in the uh, universe, the Oscars. Two famous guys got into a fight, and I do find a little bit of irony here because, as you say, fights happen, and we all saw all kinds of people get killed and shot and maimed on TV over the years, but we see one guy slap another guy, 
it it cap captures our attention, our imagination. I can't explain it entirely. We're human beings. I'm a human being. Look, you can also you can always turn tune into NPR or WNYC or the BBC. Maybe that's more your speed, Larry. I don't know. Not, not at all. Not at all. In fact, I I, I want to ask you something. I'd appreciate it if you would spend a lot of time on this trial of the supposed kidnappers in, I think it was Michigan. What? <laughs> oh, you mean the uh, the ones who wanted to get, go after Governor Whitmer? Yeah, I think. Yeah, that that's a setup enough. job. Everybody knows it's a setup job. Has it gone to trial yet? Yes, it started. All right, I will look into that. That's a good reminder. Thank you. Um, I don't know if I'm going to spend a. I mean, it is a setup job. Those guys were just a bunch of yahoos, and I think they were set up and manipulated. Larry, thank you. Fair points. One more, John. Yes, hi, hi, Greg. Yes. Uh, just wanted to say, you know, these Hollywood elite and sports elite, they stay in their gated communities, and they set examples for the uncivilized society where the rest of us have to live. And we have to worry about people rubbing feces in our face or throwing us on the tracks if we disrespect somebody or somebody perceives that we've looked at him the wrong way. Yeah, you're right. And what's his name? Uh, lives in a, uh, a house the size of an airport. Will Smith lives in a house the size of an airport. I've seen pictures of his crazy. Thank you very much. Arthur Lee, you might live in a house the size of, uh, I don't know, of an airport, maybe a small <laughs> middle school. You've done very well. You've done very well. Well, you know, the funny thing is my first life, I built a company with a partner, <clears throat> built it up and sold it, and uh, I was ready to retire. I was in air freight. I worked 24 hours a day for 18 years. I had retired. I sold it. I was done. But this was a bigger picture thing. This was changing yeah. the world. How old were you when you uh, sold it? I was 47. And you could have retired? Done. Oh, and wow. I was going to build boats, play golf. I don't know. Ooh, sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, but it's also very impressive. And as you know, I'm guessing, I mean, I don't know this feeling, but I hear that folks who have made it, you know, you got to have a new challenge. If you don't have a new challenge, you know, it's just doesn't it's not as interesting. Well, I think it's possible, but you know, when you look at your child and you say, "Okay, I could save it. How could I live with not saving others?" And then I got to meet some of these children. After 6 years, I held a little baby that we saved and it was all worthwhile. Folks, obviously he's a great guy. It's a great oh. product. Go to lifevac.net. Lifevac, V A C. Lifevac.net. Code WABC if you want to save some money. LifeVac.net. Arthur Lee, he invented the uh, LifeVac. Thank you, sir. You're the best. I so appreciate it. You're going to save a life today. All right. Bye, babe. Bye, everybody. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.